to have Jim Montgomery with us today. I suppose I've said that about 25 times. I don't know, Jim. We were kind of trying to figure out. It's been a few times I've said that. But uh, it's always good to have Jim back with us um, to bring us a word. And uh, he's just uh, been a good friend over the years. Um, we always enjoy enjoy our fellowship and being able to share when he's with us. So, Jim, go ahead. <laughs> She's good morning, everybody. Always glad to be back in rural Ohio. For those of you that may uh, may not be aware, uh, my wife and I were born in Columbiana County, way over on the other side of the state, right next to, uh, well, state lines of western Pennsylvania, northern panhandle of West Virginia. So it's always a thrill for me to be back in the Buckeye State and still have family and friends here. And believe it or not, after... It's funny, after 29 years of living in Oklahoma, I still root for the Buckeyes. I really don't have a whole lot of interest in Oklahoma football, but I mean, I'd, all things being equal, I hope they win, but my loyalty even in college football is still here. Could I have everybody just stand up for a moment as we just lift up our hands and lift up our hearts and lift up our voices in prayer and praise and thanksgiving? Father, we just, we just lift up our hearts, our voices our prayers unto you this day. Lord, we magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness, for your goodness, your mercy, your tender mercies, and and your grace and your goodness towards each one of us. Father, we're so thankful for the precious gift of eternal life. We're so thankful for the redemptive work that Jesus performed on our behalf for us. He who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for that. Thank God we serve a a risen Savior, a living Christ. Thank God for the empty tomb. Thank God for what's been uh, uh, deposited on the inside of us, the very life and nature of God through the new birth. And Father, we pray that you would touch every heart, meet every need, solve the the crises and the 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 hard places that 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 we may be going through today answer questions give us hope today father we look to you and to no other and in all things lord may you be the most praised worship glorified and magnified in all that we do and in all that we say here today in jesus precious name we pray and everyone said amen, amen. you can go ahead and be seated i'm going to have you open up your bibles I'm going to be preaching out of Mark chapter 5, so you can go ahead and hold your place there. But before we look at Mark's gospel, the fifth chapter, I also would like you to turn to John chapter 20, the gospel of John chapter 20, and we're going to look at a verse in chapter 20 and a a verse in chapter 21. In uh, John chapter 20 and verse uh, 30, John writes these words, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that believing you might have life in His name. And then over uh, to chapter 21, the very last verse, verse 25 And there are also many other things which Jesus did, 
the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. So there's two witnesses, there's two verses that tell us that everything that Jesus said, preached, taught, and did in his ministry are not recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But then John tells us in verse 31 of chapter 20, but the ones that are written, the accounts that we do have, are written for a specific purpose. And the purpose is that we might believe. That we might believe what? That we might believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now we need to realize that Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one. Christ means Messiah. If we were over in Israel, in the northern part of Israel, where my wife and I minister and preach, the phrase would be uh, uttered in, in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the Messiah, the Deliverer, the Triumphant One, the Healer, the One who sets people free, the, the Hope of Israel. So these accounts that we have are written that we might believe something specific about Jesus, that He's everything we need, that He is the Savior, that He cares about every part of our life, spirit, soul, and body. So with that in mind, well, well before I flip over there, I'm, I'm going a little ahead of myself. Some say that Jesus' ministry lasted three years, His earthly ministry. Other Bible scholars say that His ministry lasted three and a half years. Well, if his ministry was three years from the time that he uh, returned from his temptation in the wilderness after his baptism in the River Jordan, if he ministered for three years, that would mean that he, min- that, that he ministered 1,095 days. That means 1,095 days Jesus was either teaching, preaching, or healing, or casting out devils, or setting the, those in captivity free. If it was three and a half years, then he spent 1,277 days of ministering to lost, hurting, suffering humanity in one way or another. So I say all that to, to, to spark us, to encourage us to take the more earnest heed and really think about and study the accounts that we do have in the Gospels. Because these are accounts are written that we might believe that Jesus is our living hope, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and our Healer. Can you say amen? So with that in mind, Mark chapter 5, and we're going to begin reading at verse 25. And this is a real account of a real person, ordinary person just like you and me, that was facing an impossible situation. I don't even have to ask you, to raise your hands if you've ever faced an impossible situation. You might say, Brother Jim, I'm facing one now. So if we can see what happened in this instance, what took place, I believe that we have a scriptural basis that we can take hold of some of the principles that we see unfolding in this account and put them into practice ourselves Believe God according to His Word and walk out of this building a different person today. So Mark chapter 5, verse 25, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 
12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had, was nothing better but rather grew worse. This, here's a woman, an ordinary woman, had an internal hemorrhaging for 12 years. The Scripture says that she suffered many things of many physicians. That means that her case was so advanced that she didn't seek help, medical help from one doctor or even two doctors or even three doctors. It says that she sought help. She suffered many things of many physicians and was nothing better but rather grew worse. Spent all that she had, it says in verse 26. So, so women, put yourself in her place. After seeing all these doctors, after them trying every therapy, every treatment, Every, every medicine that was available back in those days, everything that they knew to do, not only didn't she get any better, she got worse. And she spent all that she had. So not only is she facing a, a, certainly a terminal situation in her body, now she's broke. And not only is she uh, not any better, she's worse. Her case is getting worse. It's a hopeless situation. But then the next verse says, in verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus. Now this woman's plight changes dramatically in this verse. When she heard of Jesus. I suppose I've read this account many, many times and just read over it. And you know we can do that sometimes with the Bible. We can just read over it like we're reading a newspaper. The, the difference between the newspaper and the Bible is you can believe the Bible. <laughs> but you can miss things. Sometimes we have to slow down and think about what we're reading. I've read this many times, but, but the Scripture says, when she heard of Jesus. Well, what did she hear about Jesus that caused her whole situation, that caused her to, to, to gain hope for the first time in 12 years. I believe she heard something specific about Jesus. And I believe the specific thing that she heard about Jesus, and, and before I get into that, how many realize that the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said, how many realize that the Scripture says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that what he did in the, in the four Gospels, he is still doing today. If people will put their trust, faith, and hope in him. I believe she heard something specific. And the specific thing that she heard was found and is found in Matthew chapter 14. If you want to turn there, you can. You don't have to, but it, it's good to to not only hear it uh, being uh, spoken of, but seeing it with your eyes. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 34, the Scripture says, and when they, that, were the, the, that was the people of that area, when they were gone over, I, I'm sorry, the they is Jesus and His disciples. I'm getting ahead of myself. When they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of Him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. So the men of that country went out and found all the sick people they could find 
to bring them to Jesus. And verse 36, and besought him or implored him or begged him, begged Jesus that they might only touch the hem of his garment. Now there's another key to this miracle. Besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. So we find out that it didn't matter what kind of disease they had. It didn't matter if they were male or female, uh, 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 adult or, or child. It didn't matter uh, whether they were Jews or Gentiles. It didn't matter uh, whether their skin was light or dark. It didn't matter if they were rich or poor. The only qualification, the only, the only, the, the, the only thing that, that they had to do was to get close enough to him to touch the hem of his garment. And whatever disease they had, they were healed. Are you listening to me? See, I believe this is what the woman in Mark chapter 5 heard. She heard that. If I can just get close enough to Jesus to touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. The hem of his garment, when we hear the word hem, we think of the, the hem in the side of our trousers or the hem uh, on, on the side of the, the skirts for the ladies. But that's really not an accurate translation. The hem that's spoken of is the prayer tassel that's on the prayer shawl that all Jewish men wore underneath their outer garment. And there were two tassels that hung down below their outer garment in the front and two tassels in the back. And those tassels were blue in color. And blue is representative of heaven. When God gave Moses the t instructions to build the tabernacle, there were certain linens and cloths that were to be the, the color blue, representative of heaven. But that tassel stood for, that hem in the English, the tassel stood for God's covenant promises to His people. Among which are, if you go back to Exodus chapter 13, you'll find that the first promise that God gave the Israelites when they drank the bitter waters of Merah and couldn't, couldn't drink it and, and God commanded Moses to cast a tree into the bitter waters of Merah and when he cast the tree into the bitter waters, the waters were made sweet and then the Lord gave a statute and an ordinance to the Israelites. And he said, if you will hearken to, to my word and keep my commandments... I'll put none of the diseases on you that I put upon the Egyptians. Now get ready for this. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am. I am is God's covenant, compound, redemptive name. And that means that, that, means that God is not the God who was. God is the God who is. And what he did then, he's doing now. He's the Lord that heals us. And so the woman, let me, let me continue in this narrative here, Mark chapter 5. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. See, you can read over that verse. And you can get a little bit out of it, but you can miss one of the main points in this whole story. When she, first she heard something, then she said something. How many of you know and realize the importance of the words that come out of your mouth? Do you know words are powerful? Do you know that words, in a sense, are creative? 
Do you know that the Proverbs chapter 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof? Or one, one translation says, and they that indulge it. How many of you know people that indulge their tongues several times a day? Husbands, don't look at your wife right now. But nevertheless, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and they that indulge it shall eat the fruit thereof. The Scripture says, for she said. But reading that in the King James and in other translations, you don't get the full impact or you don't get the full import of what actually took place in her life. If you read, I believe it's the Amplified Bible and other very accurate translations of the New Testament, you get the original sense of the Greek language from which the King James was translated. This is, what, this is how it really should have read. She kept on saying. She continued to say. See, she heard something about Jesus. The people were touching the hem of His garment and they were being healed of whatever disease they had. Next we read, For she said. Actually, she continued to say. She kept on saying. I believe, this is me, This is just me, but I believe that the Scripture bears it out. If she kept on saying, I believe the more she said it, the more she believed it. And I believe that the more she said it and believed it, she saw herself touching Jesus. And I believe that faith began to rise in her heart so much so that all she needed was an opportunity to get close to Him. And I believe that she saw herself reaching out and touching his clothes. And when she made contact with his clothes, she saw herself healed. For she continued to say. And the Bible has a lot to say about believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. It's not enough to just believe something in your heart. You can't even get saved that way. You can believe in your heart till the day you go to your grave that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, that He was God's only begotten Son, that He died on a cross to atone for and to forgive the sins of mankind. You can go to your grave believing that, but until you appropriate it for yourself, until you make it personal for yourself, it'll do you no good. You'll go to your grave apart from Christ. Because the Bible says that if we believe in our heart, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. And the Apostle Paul went on to say, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Guys, we've got to start believing what is written and start saying what is written and make it personal in our life. So the the Scripture says, For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. I shall be whole. She didn't say I might be. She didn't say there's a good chance I will be. She said I will be. Now what enabled her to, to, to make such a bold statement? Well, it was based on what she'd already heard. All the other people that touched him were healed. Why would, he, why would Jesus leave this woman out? Here's something else we need to realize. What you see Jesus doing in the lives of people, the downtrodden, the hurting, the outcasts, 
the, the suffering, the addicted, the, the demonically oppressed, what you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus doing for other people, He will do it for you. I said He will do it for you. But there's something required of you and me, and that is believing the Word of God and having faith enough to, to stand on it, appropriate it, declare it, and receive it in our hearts. Is that right? What happened after she did all those things? First she heard, then she said, then she kept on saying. Verse 29, she made her way through that crowd. Now imagine, put yourself in her place. She's been bleeding for 12 years. This woman may have been crawling on her hands and knees to get to him. But even if she was walking upright, we we see some perseverance here because there's a throng and a crowd of people around Jesus and, and, and it's, you know how hard it is when you're caught in the middle of a crowd. She had to press. She had to make her way through that huge crush of people. But there's something about faith that has the quality of persistence about it. There's something about faith, Bible faith, that has the quality of perseverance. I believe this woman had that quality, and I believe that she had the attitude, I'm not leaving here until I get what I came for. I'll tell you, it's always a woman. Thank God for the women. Perseverance. She made her way through that crowd. And then verse 30, And Jesus immediately knowing in Himself that virtue or power had gone out of Him, turned Him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And and you you can go on reading there the next few verses. The, The disciples are like, Jesus... Why would you even ask a question like that? Everybody's touching you. There's crowds of people around you. There's multitudes. And the multitudes are multituding. They're crowding around you. They're touching you. But see, her touch was distinguishable from all the other people that were touching him. Some people may have been touching him just to see if something would happen. They heard the reports of what Jesus was doing. They heard the reports of the miraculous healings. They heard the reports of his preaching where he took out most of his wrath and anger against the Pharisees, the religious legalists of the day. They they heard about the wonderful miracles, but perhaps some touched him out of curiosity. Perhaps some touched him just to touch a famous person. But Jesus said, somebody touched me. That tells me that her touch was different than all the other people touching him. Hers was a touch of faith based on a solid scriptural foundation. You cannot have faith for something that you don't have chapter and verse for. Faith is is not a blind leap in the dark. Faith is based on knowledge. The revealed knowledge of the Word of God. Are you listening to me? And straightway, immediately. But, but what I want to say to you is this. Whatever you might be facing today, you might not be facing anything bad today, but just hang around for a while. <laughs> You'll be facing something. And when you need an answer from God, either for you or a loved one, your teenager, your child, your spouse, a loved one, Just keep these things in mind. And oftentimes when we hear messages on healing, we tend to tune them out because we might be feeling fine, but there's coming a day when you might be attacked with something. And you'll need to know these things. Um, 
straightway the fountain of her blood was, was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Here's what I want to say to you. Jesus is not here anymore in his physical body. But the Bible says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting or equipping or maturing of the saints to do the work of the ministry. We are the bo- uh, Jesus left this earth in his physical body, but Christ still has a body on the earth, and it's called the church. The church, which is his body, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 1. We don't have to touch the hem of his garment anymore, but we still have to reach out with something. In order for our need to be met, whatever your need might be, we've got to reach out with something. And the something that we have to reach out with is faith. Faith. Faith in the Word of God. Faith in a God who cannot lie. Faith in the revelation of God. Faith in a risen Savior who loves us and gave Himself for us. Faith in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, we are healed. We are healed. We are healed through the suffering, the vicarious suffering that Jesus endured not only on the cross, but before the cross. Calvary brought a twofold, a, a, actually a multifold blessing to each and every one of us. Thank God our sins are forgiven through the blood that was shed on the cross. But thank God the same act of redemption that brought forgiveness of sins brought healing to our bodies if we'll receive it by faith. Remember David in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities. Who heals all thy diseases. Time and time again, in the four Gospels, you'll see healing and and salvation together. Salvation and healing together. We don't don't have to separate them. They're they're one and the same if you receive it as such. I remember when when those fellows had the paralyzed friend and they couldn't get into the house where Jesus was teaching and um, they decided to climb up on the roof and tear away some some of the tiling from the roof and lower their friend down on a mat. And uh, when Jesus saw their, the, the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, how many know Jesus can see your faith? He can not only uh, uh, realize it or observe it or, or get happy about it, He can see it. When you reach out to Him in faith, He can see it. And, and Jesus turned to that, that paralyzed man on the mat and said, Son, your sins be forgiven. Of course, the Pharisees got upset like they always do. They said, that's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God? And then Jesus said, well, what's easier? To say your sins be forgiven or rise up and walk? I've wondered about that passage for, for, a lo- for years and years. And then it came to me. To say your sins are forgiven is easy because you can't see anything. You can say your sins are forgiven. You can't see anything. That's a spiritual something or other. But to say, rise up and walk, now there's got to be some results. 
And when he said that, the man, the, he, he said, son, rise up. And he rose up off of that crippled condition, off of that mat. Healing and forgive, uh, 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 forgiveness of sins and healing. I want everybody to stand up right now. I believe that people are, are there's people that are going to be healed right now. I don't care if it's heart disease, lung disease, something with your knees or your shoulders or your hips or a blood disorder, depression, whatever the case might be. I believe that God's Word, when it's preached, when the Gospel is preached, Paul the Apostle said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. When the gospel is preached, salvation takes place, healing takes place, deliverance takes place, wholeness, protection, preservation, deliverance, and that's not my words, that's Dr. Schofield who wrote the Sco- who, who, whose name you may have heard of the Schofield Bible. How many ever heard? Raise your hands if you ever heard of the Schofield Bible. The Schofield, it's a, it's a King James Bible, but it's, it has Dr. Schofield's notes. And he tells us in Romans 1.16, the word salvation means deliverance, preservation, healing, wholeness, and soundness. He said it's the all-inclusive word of the gospel gathering unto itself all the redemptive processes. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you have a need in your life, if you have a need in your body, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. Either you or somebody in your family, I want to ask you to slip out of your seat and come down to the front. Don't put up with whatever it is that you've been battling against one day more. Jesus Christ is still the healer. His blood still saves and heals. If you have a need in your body, slip slip out of your seat and just come down here. We're not going to take a lot of time. I'm not even going to ask you what your situation is. Perhaps you know somebody. Let's just make one line right here, and I'm just simply going to lay my hands on you and command healing in the name of Jesus. I'm not a doctor. I couldn't heal anybody. But Jesus said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise the Lord. Believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Didn't say they might, it said they would. And remember, healing is a process. There's a difference between a healing and a, healing and a miracle. A miracle is instantaneous. That could happen too. I like it when it happens instantaneously, but if I were sick enough or diseased enough, I'd be willing to receive my miracle in a week or two, progressively. So I want all of you in the congregation, we're a family here. We're we're in this together. I want you, if you would, please, to stretch forth your hands as I lay hands on these dear people. Stretch forth your hands right now in faith and, and pray along and believe along with us as if it was you standing up here and you're the one that needed a miracle. I want you to stretch forth your hands, and if we, I don't know if we can have some music or not, but keyboard or something that, that, that we could do. I want you to stretch forth your hands, and I believe with all my heart 
healing is manifesting even now before hands are laid on people. I, 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 that bears witness with my spirit. Healing's taking place right now. Lift up your hands in faith, if you would please. In the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. In Jesus' name, receive your healing right now. In Jesus' name, receive your healing right now. In Jesus' name, receive. Receive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, the Lord makes you whole. In the name that's above every name, strength, vitality, newness of life comes into your body right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be healed. Be whole. Walk out of here. Healed and delivered in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive your healing. In the name that's above every name, healing comes to you right now in Jesus' name. Jesus of Nazareth makes you whole right now. Receive and rejoice. Jesus of Nazareth makes you whole right now. Receive and give God thanks and praise. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Mix faith, mix faith with it right now. Healing power working in your body right now. In the name of Jesus, my brother, be made whole. Be made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm just going to say one more thing and then I'm going to turn the service over to Brother Ron. Jesus turned to that woman. She told him everything that had happened. And he turned to that woman and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. It was her faith that made her whole. Her faith in a healing Jesus. It's your faith working right now that's going to bring the miracle, that's going to bring the breakthrough, that's going to bring the healing either to you or if you were standing in for someone else. So I think every one of us ought to just lift up our hands and thank God there's healing taking place right now. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. And I'd welcome to hear some testimonies afterwards. Brother Ron, forgot to mention we have a product table in the back. I'd like to visit with you back there and show you some things that are free and some other things. Amen. Lord, we just pray that what you've done, Lord, it would just uh, stay manifest in each and every one of these. Lord, we just bind Satan from stealing, from stealing what's been done. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The ushers will come forward now. We're going to go ahead and take up our offering, our love offering for Jim. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray you continue to just bless Jim and his ministry, Lord. Just uh, continue to use him, Lord, just help him to be faithful to you. We thank you we can be a part of that. We can be a part of what you're doing through him. So, Lord, bless this offering now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just encourage you, as God has spoken, that you hang on to that word so many times so many times, you know, faith rises within us, but then sometimes it wanes in time, but we need to hang on to what God does. And 
and what he's done and just remember the word and hang on to that. Um, Jim will be in the back. Uh, you can visit with him and share with him. And Bob will be over in that corner over there to talk with those that are going on the, on the hurricane trip. And uh, we just thank everyone for coming today. And just uh, be blessed. Have a good day. So you're dismissed. <laughs>